Meantime, facing pressure to take action, Ohio's governor announced his plans to deal with gun violence and mental health today. Mike DeWine says he is asking the legislature to pass law to allow courts to issue safety protection orders to allow the removal of firearms of dangerous individuals and give them the treatment they need. These orders, which would be granted upon clear and convincing evidence, would allow the removal of firearms from potentially dangerous individuals and get them the mental health treatment that they need, get them whatever help that they need. Individuals could be subject to a safety protection order if they present an imminent risk of injury to themselves. Suicide, for example. Or they present that risk to another person because of mental health issues, because of drug dependency, chronic alcoholism, or other serious conditions. These concerns, of course, must. Our Constitution demands it. This comes a day after hundreds of people chanted, do something, while he spoke at a vigil for the nine people killed in Dayton over the weekend. Now, for more on this, I'm now joined by Chris Sampson. He's a cybersecurity and terrorism analyst. Chris, appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Glad to be with you. You and I have had uh, had a lengthy conversation about this yesterday when we were sort of, you know, delving into uh, the situation on the weekend, delving into the situation of what was happening in both El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio. What is your take on what you heard from the Ohio governor last hour talking about um, his plans of, 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 I guess, trying to get to the pro get to the issue first before it becomes a problem and has an impact? Will this will, will his plans have a tangible impact on the situation? It depends. Uh, you have to have red flags first. So in the case of Connor Betts, the man from uh, Dayton, Ohio, mm -hmm. uh, we do have some preliminary red flags from colleagues, uh, your friends, associates. Uh, Ex-girlfriend just posted a very lengthy article about his uh, battle with bipolar disorder. And another mm -hmm. person said that he pulled a gun on him earlier this year. These were mm -hmm. clearly red flags. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't necessarily give us any kind of indication of what it would uh, have done to stop the attack in El Paso. Right. Because if you don't get those flags to begin with, or, you know, there, I actually think of these cases radically different. You got to put the politics aside for a minute and look at what the motivation is. Mm -hmm. So the attack in El Paso clearly is a terrorist attack because the, the perpetrator put out a manifesto explaining exactly why he was intending to do this, what he wanted to see as a response. He saw himself as a vanguard of a big radical change for this. Mm -hmm. That's not the same thing as the Dayton, Ohio attack, where what we would probably call an emotionally disturbed person or an EDP mm -hmm. uh, reacted to perhaps to the first attack um, and went out and, and acted out. Now, What's the difference? Well, when you have a person who is reacting from an emotional state, but with no clear terrorist agenda, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to approach that completely different. You can't lock someone up in the case of the first guy mm -hmm. if he's giving no indications of mental disorders. Uh, I mean, being, socially mis being a social misfit is not a crime. Uh, we, we would be locking so many people up. Um, and we don't have indications he was sending off the, the same uh, same sort of red flags. Mm -hmm. uh, third, let's let's flash back a little over, uh, you know, almost I guess now two years to uh, Las Vegas. You right. know, uh, the Stephen Paddock case in Las Vegas. What were the flags that were available in that case? You know, mm -hmm. um, 
there, we, we want to, hindsight is twenty twenty, as I said. We want to know why someone does something. But uh, in the case of Mr. Betts, we do have indications of mental, uh, health, mental health issues, and that would have been a great precursor for some action. But and, we don't really see them in all, all these cases. Go ahead. Right. And when we look at, in the case of the El Paso shooting and the shooter himself, we know that there's right. the online message board 8chan where he um, posted this manifesto. Um, there's calls now to take it down. So I want to ask you about those types sure. of sites, those message boards. It looks like it has, you know, it's been taken down. But does this solve anything? Because we know there's 8chan. If, there's eight, if 8chan goes down, something else is going to come up. And then something else after that. And maybe at some point, sure. 8chan will be back up. So so, I mean, how do we how do we nip that in the bud, or, or how does law enforcement then? I mean, right. are we needing to police these message boards more more directly? Right. Well, as I said on Sunday, uh, analysts like myself or people who work in this field, uh, we like to have what we call the observable space. You mm -hmm. know, every day I can log in and I can read ISIS, uh, you know, Telegram channels. I can read white supremacist Telegram channels. I can go to Eight Chan and other boards to read what's being said. That's always good for us to be able to keep an eye on what's happening. But I actually am an advocate of taking, you know, any of these channels down as you can mm -hmm. uh, because of a couple of strategic things we want to assess. One, when they do re, uh, you know, uh, metastasize in another area, uh, you can find out who the most dedicated people are. A lot of times they'll give a call out to another colleague, another friend. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm back. I was over here under this. And that shows you a, a level of determination. Um, that you know you might want to see, but I think that the average populace can't do much because, for instance, as an analyst, I don't know which intelligence agency I'm blinding if I knock down a Telegram channel, right. for instance, you know, or, or if I if I take down a website, which law enforcement is involved? Uh, now, a few people were reacting to the fact that, for instance, face, uh, Facebook pages for these attackers have been mm -hmm. pulled, or mm -hmm. or Twitter channels get pulled. But see, law enforcement has access to that information, and that's exactly who should have access to that information. The public uh, is uh, the public are not analysts; they are mm -hmm. not uh, no. they're observers. So, uh, HN, yes, HN will rematerialize somewhere else, just like Daily Stormer did. But let's tie a couple things in because I want to put some uh, put some burden on the people who are out there promoting this. There's a guy named Robert Monster who gladly went in with his company. And, and uh, bolstered some support under uh, not just 8chan, but um, with um, um, not, uh, Daily Store, but what was the other one? Uh, Gab, mm -hmm. the, uh, the, you know, the uh, blogging site that was associated with Robert Bauer's attack in Pittsburgh. And when the uh, site went down previously, Robert Monster jumped in as, a, as he thinks of himself a hero of free speech and couldn't wait to help these guys out. Um, I think that we need to bring these people to the front and say, why do you think it's appropriate to support violent white supremacists, violent mm -hmm. Nazis? You know, this is not simply rhetoric at this point. Right. Uh, as I said on Sunday, chemical weapons uh, recipes were being posted on HN on Sunday. Yeah. Well, a lot of questions, again, that we're still trying to struggle to answer. Chris Sampson, cybersecurity okay. and terrorism analyst, again, appreciate your expertise on this. Thanks a lot, Chris. Any, anytime. Glad to join you. Thanks.